Yo, today's QOD is love is forgiving. Here we go. The Day Show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton at SeanCroxton.com. We got Dr. Wayne Dyer back on the show. And today, Dr. Wayne's going to share a very personal story about the power of forgiveness. Wayne Dyer, he's coming up. I got to tell you that back in 1975, I had just come off of a phenomenal experience. I had been searching for my father since the time I was eight years old. And I had dreams about him all the time. I had never uh, seen this man, and he had been extremely cruel to everybody that he had ever met in his life. All references to him had been most unflattering. His life was an ignominious one in almost every way. And yet there was something inside of me. There was a vengeance. There was an anger. There was a pain, there was a suffering. There was something inside of me that wanted to talk to this man and find out how do you abandon three children? How do you do that? And how do you leave a woman and never pay her any child support? And how do you beat somebody up and rape them and create a pregnancy that way? And how do you use alcohol to destroy yourself? And the endless stories that I had heard sort of backhand because it was too painful even for my mother to talk about. How do you do that? Where does that come from? And I wanted to know because somehow I thought maybe his leaving was courageous. Maybe he just couldn't stay and face it. And maybe he loved them so much and he had to leave. Who knows? If you don't know, you just wonder, don't you? And you just think about it. And I thought about it. My other two brothers couldn't have cared less about any of it. They were not interested at all. They didn't have any memory either. My oldest brother had some slight memory, but my next brother didn't. He was with me through the whole time. And so I must tell you this because it really is relevant. When your purpose starts to become commensurate with what you are doing, when your life each day is exactly the same as what you believe you are here for, suddenly, and it is suddenly, your purpose begins to own you. And you get on such a fast track that nothing can stop you anyway, all right? And this purpose, whatever it may be, it may be related to anything in your life. Each one of us has it, and it is a magnificent purpose. And when you live it, it starts to own you. That's the only way I can say it. And this business about my father and the anguish and the pain and the suffering and the dreams and so on wouldn't go out of my life. And in 1975, I was in Columbus, Mississippi, at a school, I think it's called the Mississippi State College for Women or something like that. I had gone to several colleges. I was working for the government. I was a professor at St. John's University in New York. And as a consultant, they asked me to go down to the schools in the South to see how integration was going, whether in fact then I was supposed to go sort of unannounced and just sit in on classes and find out whether or not there was any integration and so on, and then send a report back. That was my job, and they paid me by the day to do that. And I got to Columbus, Mississippi, and I did all the things I had to do, and I checked it out. I sent my report in, and I had heard that my father had died 
but I hadn't had it confirmed, but that it had been in New Orleans. And that's the only thing that I had known. So I started calling and I called the infirmary, one of the infirmaries in New Orleans to find out that information. And they said, yes, I finally, after a lot of phone calls, they said, yes, he died in and they gave me the year. And I said, well, where is he buried? What happened? I mean, I want to see, was my name on the death certificate as one of his children? What, uh, they said, well, only records we have here, because they're too old now, it had been about 15 years or so. They said, uh, his body was shipped to Biloxi, Mississippi. Now, I was only um, four hours from Biloxi. And I looked on the map, and I said, I'm going to Biloxi, and I'm going to find out. Now, this story is, get ready, okay? I'm going to turn the lights out a little bit, because <laughs> this will start making you wonder about what you're doing here. <laughs> anywhere, what you're doing anywhere. <laughs> I decided to rent a car, all right? I had flown to this place. And so um, I went and rented a car, and it was a 1974, it was a brand-new car, Dodge Coronet Blue. And I looked at the odometer, and there was zero, 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 point like eight-tenths of a mile on this car. Now, what the hell did they do, make it here? I mean, <laughs> what is this new car doing in Columbus, Mississippi. I didn't understand that at all. And I just kind of made a mental note of it. And I reached down. I want to put my seatbelt on. Okay. So I reached to get the seatbelt. And in those days, they didn't have the shoulder harness things. They just had a belt that went across to your lap. So I reached in to get the seatbelt and I couldn't get it out. It was encased in plastic. I literally had to take the seat out of the car to get at the seatbelt because I wasn't going to go. It's one of those things that I just won't get into a car and drive without a seatbelt. So I reached down in there and got the seat out in there and I pull it out and it's all wrapped around and there's a rubber band around it and it's in plastic. So I took the rubber band off and inside the wrapping is a little card, a little business card. And it says, Candlelight Inn, Biloxi, Mississippi. Okay, there's no miles on this car. So I said, all right. I really, at the moment, didn't think anything of it. I really didn't. If you think you got shivers now, just wait. <laughs> I'm going to take you to Shiverville tonight. <laughs> and I put the card in my pocket, and I didn't think any more of it. Got in a car, drove down to Biloxi, picked up this guy hitchhiking who was a migrant worker, drove him over to Jackson, Mississippi, I think it was Jackson, and took a little side trip. And it was Friday afternoon, and it was quarter to five on Friday afternoon that I arrived at the outskirts of Biloxi, Mississippi. So I go to a standard gas station right on the outskirts of town. I went to the Yellow Pages, and I said, I'm going to call the three cemeteries here in Biloxi, because there's only three, and find out if Melvin Lyle Dyer is buried so I called the first one, no answer. Long, long time, no answer. I called the second one, busy, 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 okay? So I called the third one, long, long time ringing, and finally the phone answers. I said, I'm calling, my name is Wayne Dyer, blah, 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 and I'm calling to find out if a Melvin Lyle Dyer, he left. He said, I'll be back. And he went away for the longest time. He finally came back. He said, uh, yes. Oh, my heart just ba-doom, ba-doom, ba-doom. I mean, it was like the end of a journey, and it was a lifetime journey. I said, all right, now I got to get there. How do I get there? He said, oh, it's very easy. He said, just look for the candlelight inn. He said, we are on the grounds of the candlelight inn. And I reached in my pocket just like this. And I said, you mean stones? And he said, yes, that's it. Now, that's a true story. And I went there, and I stood on the grave. I found the place, and I stood there, and I talked. And 
I had a, a, like a dialogue with this man whom I had never met before, whose picture I had never even seen. I had never even seen what he looked like. Right? And I had like this long, long dialogue. And what I did during that time was to forgive him for everything, for everything that he had done to my mother, to my brother, especially my oldest brother, who he had done a lot of horrible things to, and anything that he might have done to. I didn't know about forgiveness or how important it was or whether I should do it or anything like that. I didn't know that. I just simply spent the time doing that. And it took about two and a half hours and tears were coming down. I can only tell the story now without crying because I've done it a few times. It wasn't long ago when I would tell the story and I would be a wreck. You'd have to carry me off. So this business about forgiveness. Now, I want to tell you that whatever you got going for you in your life in the way of animosity or bitterness or anguish or pain or whatever towards any other human being on our planet, whoever they are and what they've done, that the toxic reaction to that bitterness, it will never let go of you. That forgiveness is like the greatest motivator, if you will, in the world towards anyone or anything, hanging on to anything painful or hurtful and so on. I personally believe you've got to let go of. Not only do you have to let go of it, you don't have to make any phone calls. You don't have to let anybody else know that you're doing it. In your heart, you have to purify yourself in such a way that you just simply say love is forgiving. And that's two words and it's one word. When it's one word, it's love is forgiving. All right? And that's what it is. You must forgive. And it's also forgiving. So you don't ask anything back of it. After I did that, my whole life became so clear and so focused and where I was going became so evident. And I left there and I outlined my book the following week. And let me tell you that I have never had a dream about my father since. I have never had a moment's anguish of any kind toward him or anything that he has done. In fact, I am completely at peace with him and I send him love wherever he is, whatever is going on in who he is and where he is and what it is. It's all fine. It's all okay. In fact, without those experiences that were the result of some of the things that he had done, my opportunity to help so many people and to create wonderful things for others including myself, would never, ever have materialized without that. And I see that, and I see the need for that, and I believe in it. And I also want to say to you, whatever you got inside of you is not the result of what anybody else puts there. It's the result of what you decide to have inside of you. That was Dr. Wayne Dyer. His website is drwaynedyer.com. You can check out today's talk on YouTube. It is called Audiobook, Choosing Your Own Greatness by Wayne Dyer. That is it for me. Hey, if you want ad-free episodes, go to your app store, download the Stitcher app, and join Stitcher Premium for as low as $2.99 a month. And you can listen to QOD and my other podcast, Mindset Coach, and all kinds of other podcasts, completely commercial-free. Again, it's $2.99 a month. Like, Get it. No ads. It's amazing. I'll see you tomorrow. I'm out. Peace.